Hey, this is Victor Antonio, and welcome to a special interview that I have planned for you. You ever have those moments where you're just not feeling good about yourself, and maybe you're hesitating on a lot of things, maybe you're not pulling the trigger on certain things you know you should be doing? Well, guess what? I think I've got some insight for you. In this special interview, I'm going to interview Adam McGraw. He's the Chief Revenue Officer for Positive Intelligence. Now, Positive Intelligence is a book that was written several years ago, and Adam is leading the charge on how to maintain that positive intelligence. This is a great interview. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Let's jump into it. So, Adam, thank you for joining me today. Tell me a little bit about Positive Intelligence, how you got associated with them, and then we'll jump into it. Yeah, so I'm currently Chief Revenue Officer with Positive Intelligence Inc. out of San Francisco. Been with them for eight months, and I got associated with them. It, it kind of organically manifested, I would say. Mm-hmm. I had picked up the New York Times bestselling book, Positive Intelligence, out of an airport kiosk when I was running sales groups at American Express and our B2B commercial payments um, teams. And the book uh, Victor, just when I picked it up, I mean, I'm a consummate reader and, and you know, student of sales, leadership, peak performance mindset. It just floored me. I, I found it to be the most deeply rooted, scientifically backed um, piece of work that I had ever seen. And it, it just, I had a, a hundreds of immediate visceral connections and examples going immediately to my days carrying the bag in sales to then leading frontline teams to now my time as a VP GM of a larger group, where I just saw all the time how much the, the components of the subject, which the essence of it is the percent of time our mind serving us versus sabotaging us, um, was, was at the root cause and level of whether people were having sustained success or having inevitable slumps versus streaks, et cetera. So I just yeah, felt like right. I had to reach right, out. Me, so, yeah. so Adam, yeah. let me slow your road because you're going through some good stuff here okay. and I just want to slow you down because yeah. you know, you, you're into it and I love that and my yeah. audience loves that. You know, First of all, Positive Intelligence was written by? Shirzad Shamin. Okay, so, a little bit about his background. Yeah, Shirzad is, uh, so he was the CEO of CTI, which is the largest coach training organization in the world. So he's got a big um, L&D background, uh, you know, Stanford MBA, he's MS in engineering, uh, brilliant guy, right? And then he, through his work of kind of executive coaching and working with CEOs and their leadership teams, and then ultimately running this large, right, um, coach training business, he eventually started coming up with the core curriculum that became the research based components of his subject that he wrote a book on positive intelligence. And he ended up doing research with about 500,000 people across 50 countries to come up with kind of the core elements that support this work of what positive intelligence is, how we measure it, and, um, and all of the root factors that are involved in, you know, how our mind operates and, you know, how we have control over it versus not. So, Shirzad, so, so I, 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 I want to hit this point real quick because yeah. what I love about what you just said, and I don't want to gloss over it too quickly because it's too much, it's too big of a point. 500,000 yeah. individuals participated in this study. So, this is not anecdotal information like my opinion or my experience. This is real, tangible, quantifiable data that we're going to talk about here. That's right. And, and that's what I found so compelling, Victor, right? When I was reading about it, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a hyper-rational individual and sure. like maybe a lot of folks in your audience are. And I, I just, I'd like to hear the facts. I'd like to hear the research behind it. I found that to be, you know, out of this world, right? You watch TED Talks and almost nobody has this level of research behind their subject. And, and then he spent the last five years or so really fine-tuning and iterating on his training and delivery methods, having come from L&D space, of the way that he by was the way, going let's, to By really, the way, let, let's yeah. clarify for my listeners, L&D, yeah. learning and development. Learning and development, yep. 
yep, my, my mistake there. So um, he had a, a long time. He was like, look, I'm happy I wrote a best-selling book, but he's like, that's not my end goal. My end goal is to help people really realize that he believes he's created an operating system for which all personal and professional initiatives can actually plug into so that they actually sustain and pay off for us as individuals and teams versus experience fizzle and failure factor that happens within just six to 12 months afterwards, despite the greatest intent. Right now, there's only about a 10 to 20% tension and sustained delivery on things that we go out and immerse ourselves in and read books about and get trained on. And he believes system to help people fix that. And so he knows that a big part of that is obviously delivering his training in a new and differentiated way, which he now does through an app guided platform that really kind of adds mental fitness and this ability to kind of train your brain on a daily basis in bite-sized pieces amidst your busy schedule and your chaos so that you truly understand how to have control over your mind and spend a, and spend a greater percentage of it with your mind serving you versus any percent of time with it sabotaging you and, you know, under negative emotions, hijacked, et cetera. Yep. And so what's interesting, let's do a small recap of, uh, you know, basically the retention rates are low, right? For content and information, 10 to 20%. Yep. Different studies have different numbers, but it's pretty low. Yeah. What we remember and your ability, you know, this as well. So I'm preaching to the choir, your ability to recall information. It becomes very tough if you're not right. practicing methods of recall. And I love your analogy. Now I've heard it before, but this is really good that, uh, you know, people hear it again, that if you look at your brain as an operating system, you know, I, I always look at a, I look at a mobile smartphone and says, I got a mobile. That's my operating system, whether it's a droid or a, a, an Apple. That's and then right. on top of that, I lay some apps down. Right? right. And depending on what app I need to do, whatever I need to get done, you know, I can do that. And it seems like you guys have put something like that together to really help people retain more and stay in the zone more. That's so, right. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, because um, we got connected because uh, I read this article that Shazad put out that how to create positive change that lasts. Yep. And so I, I just want to read the intro because that's yeah. what basically led me to want to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you because know, usually I get, I get requests to be on the podcast from a lot of people, but I'm like, right. no. Nah. But I read the article, I go, hmm, great opening. And it said, uh, we've all experienced it, the euphoria, optimism, and excitement for transformative change at the end of a life-changing, quote, seminar, book, or coaching session. Could this finally be the one that transformed me to be far happier, more capable than the old me? And then we've all had the experience, the discouraging deflation that ensued. Within a month, only a trace of that new insight and inspiration was still with us. We mostly reverted to our old familiar self. So for years, he says, I've been passionate in pursuit of first figuring out why our attempts to positive change so consistently fizzle, and here was the key phrase, and how to create positive change that lasts. And so everybody listening to this, you can understand that, that we've all been to that workshop. We've all been to that seminar. We've all got our, ah, and it's almost like a placebo effect. And then, yep. bam, reality hits you, and you're like, Bam, like a rubber band, you go back to your original spot, right? That's right. You just, That's right. And so, you know, let's talk about, you know, you found the book, you reached out. Did you reach out to them? Yeah, I did. I mean, I, I reached out, I just Googled Shirzad and, uh, and reached out to him and, and asked him specifically because I was running, right, $4 billion team at Amex sales group, I said, hey, I think this is really pertinent to the selling profession. People that are constantly under the gun for high, high results, expectations, et cetera. And it creates a level of stress and survival mode in their minds and in their bodies on a daily basis that they need to learn how to navigate through. And he said, well, it's funny you should reach out to me and tell me that because Tony Robbins called me last month 
and said, this is the best freaking book I've read in 40 years that explains why people, despite great intent and great investment, constantly get in their own way. And he said, I think you should build a company training sales and sales leaders. And so I was like, well, that's a really nice affirmation that you don't run across every day. So we just maintained an organic friendship. Tony called me. Tony called me. (laughs) Yeah, I said, really? yeah, yeah. Like I, you may get that call, Victor, but I don't, right? So. But by, by the way, but that, that that's that's quite a testimonial, right? Yeah. That Tony Robbins pick, you know, talks to you or at least sends you an email, whatever it may have been, that lets you know that that's happening because we know that it's a problem, right? Yeah. That and you and you put it in the context of sales nicely is that salespeople are always in that fight or flight or even freeze mode. That's right. right. Like you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to hit the number? And then how do you manage all those emotions? And right. that's why this conversation is of interest. Well, think about sales, Victor. I mean, I watched it and lived it all the time. It's such a game of rejection. Even the best salespeople, right? Just like baseball players, they're not more than 50% of the time. I mean, and so your mind has to be prepared for the inevitable adversity, challenge, and stress. And therefore, the navigate with that and can shift into a spot where they're mobilizing and unleashing all their EQ and all of the sales skills that guys like you teach on a daily basis are the ones that have the X factor and can do twice as much in twice the same work hours. So, uh, exactly. So that's where it's just, it was compelling to me. And so, you know, he and I maintained this relationship. And when I really saw it coming to fruition was when he had it be digitally delivered through his app, because I, I also saw that salespeople, unfortunately, while they're very curious and they're very willing to learn, they're also grind, the least likely to want to stop in order to go fast, right? You got to get them to believe in this mindset, just like race car drivers. The fact that one of the key ingredients of an, a successful race is pit stops, right? right? Checking in, making sure that you're not just racing, but you're racing smooth in the correct position. And that's what we're trying to get the selling profession to realize is this pit stop ability, this ability to pause, to be able to Uh, yourself and self-diagnosing and shifting yourself into an area where all of your intellect and skills are sitting so that you're in your, so basically when you're in your game time with a customer or when the, when your job is on the line, you can perform at your highest level of potential. And if you, yeah, when I, when I, when I, by the way, what I love about that, and again, you you got so much great content. Don't mean to, I don't mean to flow, you know, slow your role here. This is your show. (laughs) no. But but the thing is, such a great content. I just I just want to keep listening to you because I'm I'm following. But I want to make sure we emphasize, you know, because you hit that part about the pit stop that we as salespeople were conditioned, right? We keep running, you know, even if the car is moving. That's how you change the wheel. Just keep it going. You don't stop. And I think you know, getting people conditioned to stop, you know, get the tires changed, so to speak, mentally, and then get back on is something that we really need to hit on that you don't often hear a lot. So I'm glad you're kind of like, if this is part of, you know, using the app as kind of a pit stop mindset, I really love that analogy. And I just wanted to, you know, put an exclamation point on that. I love that thought. Yeah. I mean, I think things are coming into the, into the commercial space that are a little bit parallel to this. You you have this boom in mindfulness talk about, right. The ability to kind of clear your head and you got athletes signing deals with headspace and calm, but the difference between mindfulness and what we're advocating, we're trying to give you the we're trying to give you the tools, a couple things, right? We want you to know what are the things that cause you to need things like mindfulness in the first place? What are the things that negative emotions and stress and brain chatter that, that impedes on your uh, performance? That's number one. We're trying to give you tools that allows you to station and experience the calming and clear headed effect that you need when the game time calls in the moment, not just in dark rooms or on sunny days. 
being guided <laughs> by somebody that you know has a calm voice. And then number three is we want to simplify emotional intelligence. And so we can get into a little that's kind of like the top level. Those three categories is kind of the essence of the operating system that we're advocating mm -hmm. for to help mitigate pointed out in the article, which is, you know, why there's so many, you know, failed sustained change efforts that are out there. Okay. So I am a salesperson. Let, let's get down to the brass tacks, as they say. I'm yeah. a salesperson, right? I'm the yeah. average salesperson. I sit right in the middle of the bell curve. Yeah. I'm not the best. I'm not the worst, but you know what? I need help with my numbers. I just, you know, you know, how can this tool help me? Give me one simple example. You talked about mind chatter where, you know, put, give it to me like I'm in the grind. I'm making my calls. I'm trying to get people on the phone, get meetings set up, hit me with something that how this can help me. Well, the thing, the, the first thing that we, that we advocate you doing when you're in any role, but sales in particular is you need to be aware of the things that are going to potentially derail you when stress and adversity and challenge are hitting. And so we have a free assessment that we give folks. That's the, one of the pillars of that 500,000 person research project leverages factor analysis. Have, have you heard of factor analysis? Cause I had not yes. prior to doing this. So, you know, it's this ability to take of all the variable ways that we might as human beings self-sabotage under stress and adversity. How do we oversimplify leveraging all the research and the science behind it to realize these are the most common factors that actually contribute to all those crazy variable ways and what he was able let to me, determine let me, and I, yep let me pause you right there but don't forget yep. the thought because i want to yep. make sure people are following yep by factor analysis the way you described in the article is great right colors yep. of the rainbow all over the place but there's essentially three colors red blue and green yep and if you can understand how red blue and green mix so to speak you can create these colors or understand these different colors yeah so what you're saying is that there's a lot of things going on yeah we really analyze it there's probably two or three things that are really impacting how your day is going is that a fair yeah. summation of that? The, the, the color analogy is the perfect analogy, and thank you for bringing that up. And the number of factors that he was able to determine through this research project was there are 10. There are 10 well-distinguished factors that contribute to our self-sabotaging that we all do, and everybody's got a couple of them, right? So mine, for instance, is I have a major hyperachiever, a major restless, and a major hypervigilant. And there's okay, so, pause, so pause yeah. there because we're, we're going to yeah. lose them again. So yeah. walk slowly first before you get who you are. Yeah. Walk yeah. through the 10 very quickly. Well, I'll see if I can remember all the 10, but it's names yeah. in the essence of everybody has the one that everyone has that's not on the assessment is the judge. People have an inner voice, an inner judge. We're either judging ourselves, others, or circumstances hard. And then, in the, then you go through ones that are like vo avoider, victim, stickler, yeah. hyper-rational, you know. Uh, a By the way, I'm, I, I, I'm cheating because I pulled up the notes. Yeah. The, the, the avoider, yep. controller, hyperachiever, hyperrational, hypervigilant, judge, pleaser. Interesting, uh -huh. right? Restless, stickler. Know that one. And oh, the last one, victim. That's right. Yeah, oh, I like that. Okay, and so yep. you would consider yourself which three when you did the when you took the uh, assessment, assessment? What did you come up with? Yeah, so um, I, I like almost everybody that takes this assessment found it to be spot on, <laughs> to be humblingly spot on. Right? That that this that's scary. That's scary. Probably on, <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, right? I score off the charts on hyperachiever, restless, and hypervigilant. And these are all the things that lock me up. They cause me to lack sleep. They cause me to overworry stress too much. And at times they would come into my mind and in, into kind of my performance and they would impact, they would impact the next meeting. Right. So that just that labeling component, Victor, just knowing what are these automatic knee jerk responses that I've been reverting to since I was a child to get through tough times. 
that mm-hmm. I thought is what I needed, but I'm actually getting to places in spite of them, not because of them. And our assessment tells you how that happens because it outlines the thoughts, feelings, and justification lies we tell ourselves. And yeah. again, very few people dispute it when they look at it discerningly and open-mindedly. That I think it's, alone I think allows it's you in the middle of that day to kind of check yourself and be aware and start mitigating and start anticipating intercepting that habit that you may have just been automatically going to for the past 10, 20, 30 years. Perfect. So on that intercepting, that's, I just wanted to interject a small point yep. because you said something again, very powerful, but that we often hear, but sometimes really don't think about is that you have to label the problem first. That's right. Right. And so you yep. do the assessment and then you label it like, that's my issue. Once that's you right. label it, you can deal with it. And then now, as you put it, I love that phrase, you can then intercept you know, whatever triggers those behaviors. So, right. so, so tell me how you use it. Now that you know who you are, how do you use it? Because you're definitely a sales guy. Uh, you know, you're, you're a sales guy. Yeah. <laughs> and so how do you use it like on a daily basis? You know, what have you found now that you know who you are? How do you yeah. intercept yourself, if I can put it that way? Well, I'm constantly identifying, there's two things going on with the labeling component that we're talking about. I'm constantly looking out for and identifying my own. And I just look for negative emotions, Victor, because any one of your saboteurs, the main indicator that simplifies this for everyone is if you're feeling hijacked and under the influence of negative emotions, stress, shame, guilt, fear, frustration, you know, one of your saboteurs has gotten a hold of you and you're being hijacked. So I follow my emotions. If I'm feeling those negative emotions, I sit here and I go, okay, which one of my saboteurs is hijacking me right now versus just letting that run my day before. And I'm also able to see if I'm in tough interpersonal interactions, tough negotiations with customers, maybe with my boss, maybe with my wife, I'm able to see what are their saboteurs. I don't just look at them as a person that's emotional and off their rocker or irrational. I sit here and I say, okay, I can clearly see this person's got a little bit of a controller tendency, a little bit of a stickler tendency or hyper-rational. So I'm going to navigate with that knowing I have my own as well. And it becomes this element, kind of this Jedi advantage that you can have in interpersonal interactions where you're able to leverage discernment and put that labeling process to use for you so that all negative emotion that might cloud the right judgment stays at bay and you can continue to pull the right levers that are going to be most beneficial for shifting that person out of a hijacked response and into a a response that's very neutral and or positive for you thinking about negotiation or selling, right? That's, that's typically where you want people. You want them in visionary, open-minded, non-emotional mode, right? Right. I, I, I think it's interesting because, you know, when you look at other assessments, let's say DISC assessments and all these other assessments that are out there, plenty of them out there, th- this is interesting because this one has like a little more, little more detail to it. Yeah. But, and and I, I love the phrase you use that it allows you to navigate because, you know, when they say he's a little bit of this, you know, or, or this guy's a D personality, you're like, well, it's all context-based. Right. And so it's if you got 10 saboteurs working against you, so to speak. Right. And I can kind of triangulate the top three that I'm dealing with right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I got this combination, then I can really figure out that this is kind of what they want to hear. This is what they want to do. I think I should approach it this way. Pull back, as they say on the joystick, maybe not push so hard. Let them talk, whatever it may be. And so that that awareness, I, I love that, man. I love that. So, you know, when you work with salespeople, you know, give me now an outside perspective, like when you're training them. Yeah. Here's how you use it, man. Here's how you do it. Pick a scenario and then draw that out for us. Yeah. So, I mean, you've, you've got, so I want to get into the other steps of the kind of the operating system because Mm. it's the three-step process that when it all comes together, Victor allows people to go, okay, now I, now I see how I can coach myself. 
right? In a moment of challenge, when my leader's not there, when the person that I always look for for inspiration and, and positivity isn't there. So they, we, we put them through the labeling process so that you now know these are my saboteurs that I have. Step two is we teach you how to have a calming technique, right? That allows you to flatten your brainwaves and experience all the, all the same benefits that stuff in mindfulness off, offers you. And what he's referred to this as, that he's trademarked, is PQ reps. They're little 10-second hyper-focuses on any one of your senses and when you do them, for instance, one of them is you actually rub two fingertips together with such intention to detail that you can feel the ridges of your fingertips. Mm-hmm. Now that sounds, sometimes people say that sounds trivial. That simple mechanic, which you can do right now, if you, you're talking to me, right, is something that flattens the brain waves because you're shifting your brain where you want it on command. That's the same thing that you need when That's you're actually in a moment and you're feeling like you can't see me. I'm, I'm rubbing my, two, my <laughs> yeah. index finger, my thumb is rubbing rubbing his fingertips together. Yeah. <laughs> when you do that and, and you know, I like my, everyone's got their favorite stuff. Like mine is hearing. I like to just kind of for a moment, wherever I'm at, I'll hyper focus on the sounds around me. I'll block out everything that I've been thinking about that day, everything that's on my to-do list. And I'll just take 10 seconds and shift and hear the music that's playing in the background at Starbucks and really focus on one instrument then immediately calms my brain. You will feel brain shift activation. We actually have, show, have research that shows this changes MRI imaging when you're mm-hmm. doing it. It allows you to kind of go into this mode of, am I being hijacked by one of these saboteurs? And now can I shift my brain into a more positive discerning mind and leverage any of my intellect or my emotional intelligence soft skills? So we give them those, that the importance of that, Victor, is that this is a right? It's not even about just reading Shirzad's book, reading this article or doing the assessment. You have to practice this rep technique because strengthen your self-command capacity so that when you start feeling negative emotions, you don't just know you're under uh, the influence of negative emotions. You know how to shift yourself and go positive, which is a lot easier said than done. We all know we should be positive or look at the glass half full. Doing so under stress and adversity is harder for some than it would, they would like it to be. So we're giving them that opportunity that before they go into a sales call, they just got off a negative one with their boss. They've got a technique that they can use to help clear their mind and calm their body. So now they go into game time and they can execute and eloquently articulate their sales pitch with the customer. Yeah, the third I, piece. I, 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 yep. hold on to the third piece because yeah. again, you, you you give so much content in such a small amount of time. It's just beautiful. Yeah. But I, I always want to like break it down because yep. you know you said a phrase you know uh, a little while ago. You said you know we teach you how to coach yourself. I mean, it's yeah. a powerful phrase. Yeah, you know what I mean. We're always looking for external validation on coaching. You know, but it's, this is really about coaching yourself, That's knowing right. who you are, labeling the problem, taking a moment. You know, get, distracting yourself so you can focus on what's really happening, yep. and then you're giving them the te- techniques to get themselves out of that funk. I always right. called it, so they can move into that positive space. So I just wanted to highlight that because that whole thing about learn how to coach yourself—that's brilliant, man. That's a great line. I've never heard anybody say that to me, so I, I love that line. Well, first of all, awesome summary there. <laughs> I, I love the way that you're kind of you know d- pulling this together. And where I saw it needed, Victor, is I I had some of my favorite sales reps working in my group, right? And they we'd spend a day together, and they'd say, "Man, that was an awesome day, right?" Because I would be there, and I would try and help be the discerning coach that shifted them out of the negative mindset or put all their doubts at bay. And then I'd see them. I'd go a couple weeks where I wasn't able to visit their market or what have you, and all of a sudden I'd see results go down. I wasn't hearing from them, right? I'm hearing from peers that they're complaining and worrying about a bunch of stuff. And I'm sitting here going, this isn't good. 
You know, they need to have something to do when a leader's not around, when things are not yeah. going great at home and the wife or the husband can't be as supportive as they'd like. You know, you can't go days and weeks and months in sales without productivity. You can, you'll lose your job sometimes over that type of a gap. So, so yeah, it's, it's something I'm very passionate about. Self-diagnosing, self-coaching is kind of one of the biggest point of arrivals we're hoping to get out of this movement. Um, I love it, man. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I think I'm going to coin the phrase, if it hasn't been already coined, B, BYOC, be your own coach. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Step yeah. number three, man. Take us there. Take us home. Step number three in this kind of operating system for any personal professional challenge you're facing, you, you identify these negative habits, you learn how to shift your brain on your own command, is now you can mobilize and unleash the most simplified version of emotional intelligence. So using the same research group and using the same factor analysis, he was able to take the tens of emotional intelligence competencies that have been out there for a long time and drill it down to the five key core positive attributes that actually segue into them, which is our ability to empathize, explore, innovate, navigate, and ultimately take action. So now what happens is you face a challenge, you're facing a tough customer situation or something going on in your organization. You sit here, you're identifying your negative habits that are causing you negative emotions. You say, put those at bay, you intercept them. You shift your brain into a discerning, calm, positive mindset. And you say, which one of these five key pillars of my mm -hmm. emotional time, which we refer to as the sage perspective is most beneficial to me right now. Is it taking massive action? Is it being much more exploratory and empathetic in this situation, right? We give you kind of, it's just such a simple navigating. And if you think about all of the emotional intelligence competencies that are out there, at the core of them, these kind of segue into anything you would ask somebody to do in a sales leadership or a selling role. So, so let's go through all five because this, this is like, you know, this is like the cherry on top. This is yeah. like what we want to get to, right? So uh, very slowly. So the five sage powers are empathize, yep. explore, innovate, navigate, or activate. Okay. Yep. So again, I've identified it. I've put myself in the calm space. I'm in step three now. You know, give me an, an example of using my sage power empathize right. when having a discussion with a customer. Right. Well, because let's face it, to your point, empathy is probably one of the most important ingredients to being successful. And you cannot be a great listener and tie emotional connection to a, to a customer situation without empathy. Well, first off, you and I could go to active listening classes and empathy classes all day long, right? But if I don't understand how to control my inner judge or my inner controller or my inner stickler, that will never unleash when I need it correctly, right? And so that has already happened. I've, I've put those things that might get in the way of empathy at bay. I've put myself into a true, calm, discerning state. And now this ability to do whatever, everybody, I think, deploys empathy in their own personalized style, Victor, right? Because I think that's mm -hmm. a part of your natural DNA. And I believe that most people have the ability to be great listeners and to be very empathetic in their own way when they need to right? They've yeah. done it for people they love, for moments where it really mattered to them. And all we're trying to do is just help them for whatever your definition that you've been coached under that you believe or that your personality breeds with regards to the skill set of empathy is make sure that you learn how to deploy it when you need it most. Make sure that you I learn how to get, you know, go ahead. I was going to tie these two together because I, 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 I'm loving this conversation, by the way. I'm just like, yeah. I'm into this conversation. So, because as you're listening, we're trying to empathize, right? And again, yeah. we've all been to the classes, right? Active listening, listen, you know, listen to listen, listen not to respond, blah, blah. Right. And I, and I love what you said because you said, for example, there's that component in you, one of those 10 saboteurs in your head. And let's yeah. just go with the judge and the yep. stickler. There you the go. The judge is going to make, you start judging people like, well, what, why would you do that? You know, you're asking about their business. Well, who would do that? So that's yeah. part of the judge. You got you to you tell the judge, shh, you know. And then the yeah. stickler might go, 
Well, that num- those numbers don't seem to add up. You almost, you know, yeah. as the person's explaining it, you got to tell a stickler, look, dude, we're rounding up. Okay. We're yeah. doing round numbers here. Leave it alone. You know what yeah. I mean? That's yeah. the kind of, that's like, does that make sense? Is that what you're getting to? hundred percent. That's the brain chatter that's happening. Right. Or the controller says, no, 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 Victor, you're not hearing what I'm saying. You know, it's just, yeah. <laughs> instead of listening is constantly thinking about the next fact and stat that they want to put down in front of that person. And right. therefore they're missing the key clues. And then what's happening is now this customer, this prospect, they're just tuning me out at this point because they yeah. can realize they're saying they, they don't maybe know what to call it. They just say, this person isn't listening to me at all. They're just trying to get their point across, <laughs> you know? That's it. And, and, and I love the fact that again, we've labeled the 10 saboteurs. And then in any given moment, in any conversation, you can hear one of those, as you say, come out of the chat room. Yeah. Like the judge, the stickler, you yep. know, you know, and it's like, Hey, chill. I'm trying yeah. to listen, you know, yeah. relax. And again, by labeling it, boom, like even on the explore, that could be when we're asking questions, you know, yep. maybe it's, again, we go into judgment mode. Maybe want, we want to avoid certain, well, why do we want to avoid that? Let's really talk about that. Let's, you know, whatever it may be. And I love those. So innovate, navigate and activate. So what is activate? How give me that when the five stage powers, the last one activate. Well, about that one. It, it's, it's just really taking action. I mean, there, there, are, there are many people, you know, this that may not be one of, you know, your weaknesses or maybe mine. There are many people, especially those that have an avoider saboteur or a pleaser or a victim saboteur, where their inability to just kind of get off their butt and take action that day, start picking mm-hmm. up the phone, start dialing, yeah, start yeah, researching, yeah. that part alone, right? Analysis paralysis, you know, is the one thing we're always talking about. But, That's you know, big, by the way. That's big, Adam. That, yeah. that one right there, I think, and I think everybody, including Shazad and Tony Robbins, still have this issue. We, yeah. we all have it. Depending on the context, when something new comes on board and we've never seen it, we That's go, right. ooh, I don't know. And then right. the avoider kicks in, right? That's right. right. You know, and so I think we all have that. I think that's an interesting one because a lot of salespeople don't pick up that phone to make that call because of that's what's right. going on in their head, right? All these saboteurs are in there just chatting them up like, you don't do it. Don't call. Now's not a good time. Maybe you should yeah. defer it. Do it some other time. Oh, yeah. no. People don't like the way you talk. Maybe you shouldn't do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah that, I don't know if I'm rambling, but that's my, that, that's my interpretation of oh, all this. I bet you got people on the line saying, I'm thinking that right now. <laughs> I was thinking that before <laughs> I jumped on this podcast, right? So I think they're visceral. And, and to your point, Tony, whether it's Shirzad or Tony, you, me, we all have these yes. sabotaging tendencies. We all get hijacked on occasion. The difference is, Victor, what his research showed, is that the people that do the best in their profession and, and also in happiness as they do it, are the ones that are able to spend a greater percentage of their time controlling their mind and being in that sage perspective backed by the saboteur. That's why this is the X factor to your full potential and your happiness and enjoyment of your profession along the way. Don't learn how to get in control of this and spend at least a, you know, a 75% of your time in this positive, right? Highly, where all that state kind of sits you know, you're selling yourself short, no matter how good you're doing right now. I don't care what your title is, what your monetary you move the numbers. is. Yeah. You can move the numbers. Yeah. Course, move the numbers. That, yep. Yeah. I think you can move the numbers. And what I'm liking about this, and, and uh, it, t- tell me what you think of the following thought, is that you use the pit stop analogy, right? Yep. Rubbing your fingers, the pit stop, stop, understand yep. you've labeled it, bam, let's deal with it. Now we know what we're dealing with. And then we can use, we can, we can use our five powers, right? To kind of deal with this you know, anomaly that we have in our head, all that chatter. And what I think about is, as you were saying, I go, you know what? Initially, people listening to this might go, 
hey man, you mean I got I gotta stop? You know, rub my fingers or listen to the music, whatever. And it may seem like an inconvenience at the beginning, but I have this feeling, and I think I'm just going to try this myself for the next, you know, couple of weeks. Yeah. And I think what will happen is I'll be able to identify situations faster, be able to articulate my mind, say, this is the chatter that's going on, adjust quicker to a point that it becomes, dare I say, a habit. That's right. That is the whole key of this. When you were, when we were, when we first brought up that article of why ninety percent of our positive transformation efforts fizzle, is that we are three things that we're doing. We've been kind of hinting around them, right? We're hitting symptoms versus the cause, which we've already talked about. We're telling people to be active listeners, and we're not addressing the fact they've got this inner judge and controller and stickler that gets in the way of being an active listener, right? Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number two is we're generating insights but we're not giving people new mental muscles. And so when you go to a seminar, when you read a book, when you listen to a podcast, that's great insight. It's well-intended. It makes a ton of sense. You write down notes. However, in order to actually not do the sabotaging behaviors you've been doing for the 30 years before you went on that podcast, you need to make sure you start creating new habits and building new neural pathways. And that requires daily, consistent repetition where you're going through this process and training your mind how to have control over it. And the final piece is the way that you do that is you oversimplify personal and professional development by actually having a common operating system. So instead of having a dartboard on your wall of you got the five steps here and the seven most you know steps of highly successful people there and the 10 ways to be the best father and you're trying to get figure out what to do in a moment of stress and challenge you know that this three step process that we've been talking about will help you remember and unleash all of the elements of all of those great applications or insights that you've been learning in or learning on and investing in for so much time so that this is how to your point new mental muscles or new neural pathways and habits actually build in your mind and you start becoming an ex- expert executor at whatever it is that you're trying to kind of transform about your, your approach. Dude, I, I'm sold on reading this book. I'm going to read this book. You know, like I, said, I read the article, I was like, I love this article, so I'm, I'm going to read the book. But I think the, the, the last point, we can begin to close out, is that when you talk about, you know, there's the seven habits of highly effective people, right? Then they come out with the eighth habit. Apparently, they forgot yeah. to put it within the first yeah. seven, right? Then there's the 20 steps to how to achieve da-da-da, you know, the 15 yeah. steps here, all this stuff. And then, you know, you walk out of there. I mean, I'm, I don't know if you're familiar with Ebbinghaus' retention curve, but within 24 hours, you'll forget 75% of what you just heard. Within 30 month, 30 days, you'll forget 90%. The 10% you're able to recall, 50% That's right. of that is incorrect. So you got nothing, basically. That's right. Yeah. And, so, and so by taking something, you know, and just simplifying it to say, okay, these are the basic three steps you have to take. This is the mental muscle you're working on, which is what you're talking about with positive intelligence. I, I love it, man. I love the way you... you you try to simplify and compress, you know, because other than that, if we see it's too complicated, it's overwhelming, we're not going to do it. Uh, yeah. Last question. So in terms of, of you know, adoption, you yeah. know, what has been your experience, you know, when, you, when, you've, when you've presented the course, when you've done the workshops, and yeah. I want my listeners to listen to this because I, I want them to know that implementing this might be a little challenging at first. Yeah. And I don't want to put any words in your mouth, but how does it go? How does it work out? You know, what's the adoption rate? What's some of the pushback you get? Uh, walk me through that process and and sell us on why we should use positive intelligence. Yeah, I mean, you're you're pointing out some reality here is that not everybody is ready to go here as far as mm-hmm. this this this. That's, part that's of honest, by the way. That's honest. Yep. 
they, they, they're, they're in such a habitual kind of rhythm of the next book, the next workshop, right? That they just believe in that so much. And you're not going to, you're not going to convince everybody. You can't sell the unsellable. But what I will tell you is there's enough, there's enough of an early adopter curve out there. There's enough people that are just consummate learners and really curious. And when they really think about that one challenging statistic we put out there, right? As far as have you ever had something you really believed in be a monumental moment that fizzles and fails in six to 12 months. We know what that answer is. It's rhetorical. Uh, you know, is that you normally get enough people to listen and then you give them that saboteur assessment. And there's usually enough people that go, holy cow, this is the stuff that causes all the crap my wife and husband complains about me about. Right. And that I hide from my workers with the facade I put on in in corporate America. And this is the stuff that I got to get a hold of. That's another great step to getting another 30% buy-in, right? Um, And then it's about having them experience it, getting people to just experience going through and really embracing this, Victor. This is about most people today work out. They work out daily, three times a week. They believe in physical fitness. And a lot of people believe in the physical piece because of the mental clarity, stress-relieving mental advantage they believe it gives them. So when they start viewing this mental fitness, which is what you're actually paid to do if you're in sales, you're, you're paid to be the most mentally fit person in the room, not physically. And now you start getting them to buy in and you give them a routine in a digital gym and their own pocket executive coach that's tailored to their sabotaging behaviors. Mm-hmm. Now they, they go through that for a few weeks Right, and you start getting some real buy-in here. Of just like when you start going to the gym for a few weeks, it doesn't happen in the first couple of days, but you start feeling better. Then all of a sudden, you start looking better. Then everybody starts noticing it around you, and now you get sure. this self-fulfilling prophecy where you get some real deep-rooted fans and evangelists that say, "This has profoundly impacted me, Adam." In, in one of three areas, it's either majorly impactful to their stress and their happiness, which impacts work, by the way, to their relationships, and that's both at work and at home or to their productivity. And most of the time, it's multiple buckets. But there's almost nobody that I meet that says, not one of those buckets, not one, couldn't be a little bit, right, improved. And I think everyone people to just reflect on that and you you work with the early adopters that are willing to be the evangelists that show their peers around them how much this is helping them, then you're kind of off to the races, uh, you know, on on this. And, And it's not so much, we wanted this to be all pulled. This isn't about push, right? You, if right. you're pushing me and, and you're not even letting your saboteurs go at bay to even do an assessment and open your mind up about this, then you're not the right person or the right audience for this, right? We want people right. that are willing to, uh, to be willing to, to, to be told that, hey, I could be better. And I'm, I'm willing to think about the ways that I could improve on that. I think it's interesting. The, the concept of, again, you dropped some great phrases during this podcast here. The, the digital gym is, I, I dig that, where I go to do my mental exercise, so to yeah. speak, right? Right. And, and I love that concept. So where do I start? I mean, so let's say, you know, I'm listening to this podcast. And I'm like, you know, you know, Adam's really hitting on some things that I've thought about. You know, I've tried certain things. I've tried so many things. Nothing's ever worked out. In fact, I even doubt this will work out. But if you're going to push yourself over and you're not listening to your judge inside That's right. your head right now, <laughs> and I wanted to start going, walk me through where I should begin. Should I buy the book first? Should I go to the site to do an assessment? What should I do? Give me the one, two, three steps. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you're a reader, the book's a great book, right? I mean, it's, um, it's in multiple reprints across the world. But the one thing I will caution people on with just the book thing is, again, our book is no different. 20% of sustained change is insight. 80% of sustained change 
is exercise and new mental muscles. So the book would get you 20% of the way there towards this experiencing, towards this experience that I'm telling you is possible. Um, so the book is an element that I would absolutely encourage you to do that you can do the free assessments. The reason we have these free assessments on our website, one is the saboteur assessment so that you can experience that and see what are my negative habits. Another one is a positive intelligence quotient score. So just like IQ and EQ quotient scores, Mm -hmm. we actually have a score on there that you can go take the test and see what is the percent of time in the last couple of work days. Don't take it after a vacation, do it honestly on a Wednesday or a Thursday. The percent of time my mind was serving me versus sabotaging me. 80% of people that take that test just so people don't get deflated when they take it, score below the minimum threshold required for peak performance, which is a 75 out of 100, which is basically okay, so, saying that, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, uh, you know, like, dude, I, I'm like still ADHD, so people have to chunk no, it okay. for me, so I get it. So starting with the book, if I read the book, it'll give me 20% there. But as you're talking, yep. I'm going, man, I think I would rather go to the site first, you know, do the assessment on the 10 saboteurs, figure out which yep. ones are messing with my head right now. You know, I'm just saying after this conversation. Yeah. And then I think then I would go read the book. Yeah. Because as I'm reading the book, there would be more context to it. Would sure. You like, or, you know, or would you take the PQ test second? You know, how would you do it if you had to just, you know, I want to dip my toe in slowly. I want to understand. Because, yeah. you know, to get buy-in, you got to pull them in slowly. I'm trying yeah. to pull this audience slowly to go check out your stuff. But I know that they'll, they'll read the book. They go, yeah, yeah, that was great. And then they won't finish the book. What they, yeah, you're, you're pointing it out. Let's oversimplify this. So the, the PQ score is on there for people that are interested. Some, you know, the hyper-rational folks may want to do another assessment. They can, but the minimum piece required to kind of walk yourself into buy-in on this, do the saboteur assessment, get the book, and then check out our program page because we have a program tab on there too. So if you're curious about, well, what is their program? What is their digital gym and executive coaching experience look like yes. on their app? Check that out as well on our sales landing page on the website. And then of course, you know, feel free to connect with me. If you're working in a big company, we obviously bucket this, package it, and, and, and position it differently for corporations and selling groups than we do as the consumer page that you see on our website. So, you know, I'm, I'm willing to have exploratory calls and just, you know, take anyone's questions or what have you, you know, in, in response to this as well. And, and, and so let, let's go to the two audiences we have. One is that the, there's an individual, and I think the individual, I, I like your approach, which is go yep. do the assessment, yep. figure out what's messing with you. I yep. can simplify your phrasing, right? <laughs> and then read the book to get more context. Cause I think that then I think you'll get more out of the book from what yeah. I'm interpreting. And then you're like, Oh, I think I like this stuff. I really like this company. I said, okay, now I really want to see what they got going on as yeah. an individual. And, but if you're a manager or a leader, yeah. I would do the same approach. Like what's messing with me? Cause every manager and leader has to deal with the same thing. And, yeah. and if, if the leader buys into it, you know, take the assessment, read the book. I like this. Let's reach out to Adam and his company at positiveintelligence.com and let's bring them in. Then yep. that's, yeah, I, I want to give people a roadmap because I think, again, too often people say, well, just go read the book. Yeah. And we know that less than five, seven percent of five to seven percent of people are actually readers. Right. Right. But maybe if they did the assessment first, they go, oh, so now I need to really understand what just happened to me. Yeah. What are they really telling me? Now, when I read the book, it's going to be more context based. And then instead of retaining only that 20%, maybe now I'm at 30 or 40 with the assessment. Yep. And then what pushes me over the top is to go back to your website and check out the digital gym, the personal executive coaching, blah, 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 so forth. Sound, sound like a plan, man? It does. And just so they know, for the non-readers, we actually do give the first eight chapters out when you enroll in the program. So when you, okay. when you go through the app-guided platform, business or consumer-wise, 
you get that as a PDF. That's that's the minimum, to be honest. That's the 20%. That's the context because there, there is a weekly video from Shirzad, who's a Stanford lecturer on the subject. Love it. Where he's providing you, you know, because everyone learns in different ways. For the non-readers, they like the video component where he's teaching you once a week, um, you know, on a video how this all works and how it all ties in and what you're focused on week to week. So okay, there so is elements. Okay, so clarify that. That's important because yeah. yeah. I, I didn't know you had that. So if, you, if, I go, if I do the assessment first, can I, yeah. can I get access to some of these videos to bring me along? Where would I get that? Yeah, no. So the videos are a part of the app guided program, right? Which is a six week course. And that's where you're having one weekly video from Shirzad, the author and Stanford lecturer. And then you're getting 10 to 15 minutes a day of app guided exercises. Okay. So if I didn't want to read, screw reading. You didn't want to read. Yeah. I, I, I do the assessment first. Yep. Sign up for the app. Yep. Get the content absorbed that way. Yeah, that, 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 that. That's, that's right. And you would get the first eight chapters for free and you'd have weekly videos providing insight and context as well. And then you're off to the races. Then it's about, hey, do you show up to the gym every day, right? Because if you don't show up to the gym, you can't lose weight. So nothing happens, Matt. Adam, yeah. I want to thank you for your time. Uh, positiveintelligence.com. Go check out the website. Help yourself. Coach yourself. <laughs> Later. Thanks, Victor. Thanks, Victor.